Welcome to the Becoming Your Best podcast with Rob Schallenberger. You're listening to the show that is guaranteed to help you transform your life and achieve results that otherwise would have seemed difficult or even impossible. In each episode, you'll learn from someone who has achieved extraordinary goals. Rob is a best-selling author, former F-16 fighter pilot, Air Force One advanced agent, world-renowned keynote speaker and corporate trainer who's trained Fortune 500 companies around the world, executive coach, father of four, and the CEO of Becoming Your Best Global Leadership. Now, here is Rob Schallenberger. Okay, welcome to all of our Becoming Your Best podcast listeners, wherever you are in the world today. You know, our guest and I were just visiting for a few minutes before the podcast, and it's interesting because I can visualize the faces of people who are listening to this podcast all over the world, from the Philippines to Rwanda to our friends in Alaska, and certainly throughout the United States and many other countries. And so it's just amazing this mode of communication that's been developed and the ability to uh, reach out and almost have a conversation with you throughout the world. You know, and it's an honor to have uh, our guest today, an incredible person. And I want to start out asking a question. Think about this as it applies to your life. Can a subtle shift in focus really make that big of a difference in your business and in your income? Well, our guest would say absolutely yes. <laughs> and Bob is the author of a number of books on sales, marketing, and influence with total book sales of well over a million copies, which is a huge feat. His book, which is why we are inviting him on the show today, The Go-Giver, co-authored with John David Mann, has sold over a half a million copies and has been translated into 21 languages. It's been reissued in a new expanded edition with a foreword by the Huffington Post founder and publisher, Arianna Huffington. Now, Bob is an advocate, supporter, and defender of the free enterprise system, believing that the amount of money one makes is directly proportional to how many people they serve, which I love as a philosophy. And he's also an unapologetic animal fanatic and serves on the board of trustees of Furry Friends Adoption and Clinic in his hometown of Jupiter, Florida. So, Bob, welcome to the show today. Well, thank you. What an honor to be with you. Yes, and I think our listeners are in for a treat to hear some of your wisdom. And you know, it's interesting how this came about. I was getting on a plane to go to a seminar for a large company around the 12 principles. And on the way out, my dad handed me a book and said, Rob, you've got to read this. And so on the plane, I sat down and started reading. And I thought, this is fabulous. Uh, and what an amazing wow. guest Bob would be on our podcast. And so that's really how this came about. I didn't know you before then. Wow. Uh, but after reading your book, I was so impressed with you that thought this would be a wonderful fit. Well, thank you. And please thank your dad for me. I take that as a great compliment. Well, and we've shared it with several people in our organization as well. So uh, it is a compliment, and we appreciate you being here. Uh, Bob, it would be helpful maybe if you just shared a little bit of your background with our listeners. It always helps put into context you know, who you are and, and helps frame the discussion a little bit. So if you wouldn't mind just sharing your background, that would be great. Sure. I began as a broadcaster, starting out in uh, radio and then television. I was actually the uh, late-night news guy for a, for a small ABC affiliate in the Midwest. Um, I was probably about the worst news anchor you've ever seen. Uh, I could read the news. That, that's pretty easy. But a journalist, I was not. And I mean, I didn't really – I was 24 years old. I didn't know the news, and I didn't really care. And I think my, uh, you know, nowadays it would be different, of course, but, but back then that's how it was with me. And, and, um, I think I was probably, uh, intuitively a little bit too positive for the medium. Anyway, my idea of a good newscast opening would have been something like, uh, good evening, everyone. I'm Bob Berg in the news tonight. Everything's great. <laughs> you know, go to bed. We'll let you know if something comes up. 
And that was not really newsy. And, and I was soon uh, not in, in broadcasting. I graduated, or as I like to say, I graduated into sales. Now, the challenge with that was that I had no idea about sales. I had no idea how to do it. And so I stumbled around. I floundered for a while until I went into a bookstore and uh, saw – that there was actually a section on on business and sales. And I remember seeing a book, uh, How to Master the Art of Selling by Tom Hopkins. This is 35 or so years ago. Uh, now, you know, the book is a, a classic, of course. And just, just reading that, not reading it, I studied that book. I devoured that book. It made such a huge difference with me. Within a few weeks, my sales went through the roof. And you, know, you think about it, what's the, what was the difference between where I was then and where I was three weeks later? It was simply having the information and being willing to apply it. Uh, I, I had a system I could use. And to this day, I personally define a system simply as the process of predictably achieving a goal based on a logical and specific set of how-to principles. Uh, in other words, the key is predictability. If it's been proven that by doing A, uh, you'll get the desired result of B, then you know that all you need to do is A and continue to do A, and you will get the desired result of B. And that's really what I did. Of course, the, any system you use needs to be congruent with your values, uh, but with that in mind, that's what we need to do. I then began studying people like Zig Ziglar, who became a hero of mine, and, and just others uh, and attending seminary. Well, uh, eventually, my, my, I became, became sales manager of a company and, and began uh, teaching others how to do what was working for me, which I was fortunate enough to learn from others. And eventually, it, it, it sort of morphed into a uh, speaking business, and I've now been doing this for many, many years. Oh, that's awesome. You know, something interesting you said there in your background that caught my attention is, is having a process and a system. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that uh, we see often are people who have ambitions or goals or dreams or vision, uh, and there really isn't a process or a system in place. And once you have right. that, in fact, we just had an operations meeting this morning in our company, and one of our uh, sharp employees talked about a goal they had, and, and we asked, well, what are the numbers that are going to get us there? What's the close rate? Is it 1 in 20? Uh, because if you know the close rates 1 in 20 and you have the data, then you can create a system, mm -hmm. uh, a process that you can follow. And, you know, it's interesting. On this podcast, we have listeners, Bob, that are in business. We have successful CEOs of uh, multi-billion dollar organizations. At the same time, we have parents who their full-time job is at home. <laughs> and, mm -hmm. and the reason I loved The Go-Giver is because I believe that that philosophy from your book, The Go-Giver, applies to just about anyone. So if you don't mind maybe sharing that philosophy from the book, The Go-Giver, that's the one that really stood out to me amongst several other books that you've written that are also amazing. Uh, but that really resonated with me, that particular book. So if you don't mind sharing the philosophy of The Go-Giver and how that would apply uh, to our listeners, that would be great. I'd love to get your thoughts on that. Oh, well, sure. Thank you. And I, I really just appreciate what you said regarding uh, you know, that, that any success principle uh, is uh, going to apply to any basic area of success, whether we're talking about financial, physical, spiritual, mental, emotional, social, relational, and probably a dozen other ways. <laughs> you know, if it's a success principle, it means by its very nature, 
it, it can apply across the board. And the very basic premise of The Go-Giver, which is a story, it's a, a, a business parable co-authored with John David Mann, who's a just a fantastic storyteller. I'm much more of a how-to, you know, I'm step, step one, step two, step three. John's a great storyteller. But the basic principle is simply that shifting one's focus, and this is really the key, shifting one's focus from getting to giving. And when we say giving in this context, we simply mean constantly and consistently providing value to others. And that knowing this uh, and doing this, it's not just a nice way to live life and conduct business, though it's certainly that. It's a very financially profitable way as well. And when we talk about and we bring up the different areas of life, whether it's a big business, an entrepreneurial venture, whether someone's a salesperson with another company or someone is a, a son or, or father or mother or family member you know, what, or friend, what have you, it really always comes down to being able to move from what we call an I focus or me focus to an other focus looking for ways to provide value to others. And while in the business context, we talk about a financial profit, profit is not just financial. Profit is simply in, uh, an old hero of mine, the late Harry Brown used to, and I love this, he defined profit uh, as simply an increase in happiness based on exchanging one situation for a better situation. So in a relationship, when you can focus on providing value to that other person in terms of bringing them more joy, communicating better, doing those things that will make them happy, now you are going to profit because you're going to have an increase in happiness yourself. And that kind of gets to the why. The truth of it is, you know, are we all happy? Are we happy what we're doing? And just like you mentioned there, that one of the things that we found is there's a strong correlation to happiness on how much we serve others mm-hmm. uh, and moving away from the I centric, we centric to how can we serve you? How can we provide value to you? And that's something that anyone can do. Uh, maybe it's serving a neighbor, isn't it? Uh, just taking cookies over to them. <laughs> sure. Uh, there's, there's all sorts of ways to, to add value to another human being. It doesn't have to be particularly costy, costly. It might take some thought and effort. Uh, but when we look for ways to do this, uh, th- these ways present themselves all the time. It could be, you know, holding a door open for someone, man or a woman, and it might mean that you had to stand there an extra few seconds. But you know, <laughs> but that's what you do. Uh, it might be a smile to someone, and you never know that that person maybe really needed that smile. Or it might be an email or a phone call to someone just to say, "Hey, I'm thinking about you. Always rooting for you." And it may be just the time that person needed to 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 see that or hear that. Yeah, and you know, when we open our seminars, there's a discussion about what makes a transformational leader versus a transactional leader. Mm. Transactional, doing business, right? Executing, exchanging information, transformational, leaving something better than you found it. Mm-hmm. That could be an interaction with a child, a neighbor. It could be from a CEO to an employee or from an employee to a CEO or to a customer. So how do we as people become more transformational? And a lot of it starts with, Where is that mindset? Is it focused on us and how we can climb one more rung up that ladder? Or is it focused on, like you said, providing value to others and helping others? There's this universal law that I know that you agree with because it was all over in your book, is that somehow when we serve others and the more we serve others and lift and help, somehow that comes back to us in numerous different ways. 
Uh, yeah. And, you know, it, it's interesting, too. And you, you bring up a great point, Rob. I don't think there's anything and I often tell people this. There's nothing particularly magical or mystical about it. It really makes logical sense. After yes. all, uh, you know, people tend to respond better to those people who they believe care about them. Uh, I love what Simon Sinek said in his his book, Leaders Eat Last. He was talking about the importance of trust, and we know how important trust is in any relationship, whether business, uh, personal, what have you. And he wrote, I, I just think this is so beautiful. He wrote, trust is a biological reaction to the belief that someone has our well-being at heart. <laughs> and, you know, when we trust someone, we feel good about them. We want to, hey, you know, we want to be involved with them. I often say, and I probably, and this was part of law number three in the in the story, and I probably based all my my business or teaching, learning, what have you on this this basic premise, and that is that all things being equal, people will do business with and refer business to, and we can add, allow themselves to be influenced by those people they know, like, and trust. Oh, absolutely. That's a huge deal. Uh, it's one of the 12 principles of highly successful leaders is build and maintain trust. Exactly. And live the golden rule. Treat other people right. Yeah. Uh, well, you and your dad have done such a fantastic job uh, uh, of of doing that. And, you know, you and I have both been blessed with with great parents and that that's such a, you know, an advantage to have. Uh, I always think of, you know, the guy who to me always had the, the most people skills I've ever seen is my dad. And I, I've, I've always just known from the time I was a kid, you know, we'd go any place and uh, just people loved him. And, you know, we, we'd come back again. They remembered who he was. But here's the reason why. Uh, and, and, you know, this is something I often say, but whenever I say it, it reminds me of my dad. And that is the single greatest people skill is a highly developed and authentic interest in the other person. And, you know, he has always, as I know your dad does, uh, look to make people feel genuinely good about themselves, help bring out the best in others. And when we can do that, uh, you know, I mean, it just makes sense that people are going to respond to us in a positive way. Yeah. And you said a key word, an authentic, authentic. And, exactly. Uh, you know, the, Bob, there's a funny, you said it could be as simple as smiling at someone. And that is so true. A thought just came to mind. And this is, this is an area where I continually work to improve, to move from transactional to transformational. I was down in your neck of the woods in the Miami airport about six months ago. And I was just walking along there. You know, we tend to get in our own little worlds, right? You sit on a, on a train in DC or, or Chicago, people are all looking down at their phones. It's just very, it's a, it's just a generally inward focused culture. Mm -hmm. uh, and there was a person, he happened to be, it looked like a maintenance or a cleaner uh, for the airport there. And he had a garbage in a, garbage can in his left hand and a broom in his right hand and his name tag. And I just paused and tapped him on the shoulder and said, hey, thank you so much for what you do. Uh, this airport looks amazing, so thank you. Uh, and smiled at him. And he got this big old smile that crossed his mm -hmm. face. And he goes, that was so nice of you to say that. Uh, and the truth is, as I walked away, I don't know how he felt the rest of the day, but I was the one who benefited yeah. from that exchange. Absolutely. And I thought, why, Absolutely. Don't, we, why don't we do this more often? <laughs> yeah. Why don't we try to do little things that lift others because in the end, we're the ones who benefit. And that's the irony of it. Mm-hmm. That's, that's so, so very true. And, and the fact is, I, I can guarantee you made a huge, huge difference for him 
that day. And I'll bet you that he then smiled at others that day and, and, and you probably set off a chain reaction. And yet there was nothing self-sacrificial about it. It didn't take anything away from you to do that. In fact, just the opposite happened. You felt great about that. So sure, that's just, you know, life has a way of, of, of working that way. And again, I don't think there's anything mystical about that. I, uh, I think that's just how it's, how it's designed, you know? I do too. Here's another question for you. Uh, along those same lines, Bob. So from your book, you have all these great tips in your book about providing values for other. And, and I love the storyline format of it. That was one of the things that really uh, made it very easy and readable for me. So all our listeners should get the go giver and read it. It's a very simple, but Thank powerful you. read. Uh, and it's very applicable to each one of our own individual lives. So along those lines, what are three tips that you could offer our listeners uh, that you got from writing that book, or if you could say, you know what, if you just did these three things, it would really make a difference in your life. Yeah, you know that's a that's a, a great question. So I would I would first I would first say, and and we we touched upon this earlier, and and that is just to to move from that I focus, from that me focus to an other focus. Look look for ways you can proactively move from yourself to them. However, I want to add something to this, and this is, I think, very important. Understand that as you're doing this, when we say place the other person's interest first, which is part of law number three, we don't in any way mean you should be anyone's doormat or a martyr or self-sacrificial in any way. <laughs> it's not that at all. It's that when you do this, when you can, and as you mentioned earlier, genuinely, authentically, uh, focus on bringing value to others, you start that great uh, chain reaction right there. But then let's say number two is to understand that value is always in the eyes of the beholder. So when we do something for another person or we we look to add value to another person's life, whether in business, whether personally, what have you, it's we need to kind of take it out of the frame of of what we think is of value and ask, what does this person think is of value? Um, if there, you know, there was a great book years ago. Um, I'm sure you've read um, uh, Five Love Languages um, by Dr. Uh, Gary. Oh, my goodness gracious. I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> it's one of my favorite books of all time. And I, I can't think of the uh, the author of the Five Love Languages who was talking about, you know, we all we we we. Um, experience love in, in different ways. And he talked about the five ways and just, it's a wonderful book to get the five love. Well, Gary, I'm trying to think Gary, Dr. Gary Chapman, I think. And I, I just, I could be wrong, but anyway, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but it's such a fantastic book. I recommend it for anyone in any relationship. Uh, but anyway, he talked about the five ways that people experience love and we can, we tend to think that the way we experience love is the way other people experience love, but it's not necessarily true. And that's the exact same way that we as human beings, we grow up with our own belief systems, our own way of looking at the world, seeing the world, our own sense of what is and, and we assume everyone else sees the world the same way, which makes sense because that's how we see it. So we assume everyone. That's why you hear people say things. Oh, everybody likes that. It's also well, a, dang, it's also a dangerous assumption. Uh, it's it's the most dangerous assumption, right? And so so we need to always you know try uh, ask ourselves what is it this person? And of course, how the the best way to do this is by asking that person. And so the more we ask people and then listen to what they say, the more we uh, you know are able to provide to genuinely provide value uh, to another person. 
so that would really be the uh, that would really be the second uh, that would be really the second part. Uh, understand that values in the eyes of the beholder, and then uh, you know I I would say it's just. You know, understand that Dale Carnegie in his classic How to Win Friends and Influence People, uh, I think was right on the mark when he, well, he was throughout the whole book, but <laughs> but I believe his underlying premise was when he said, ultimately, people do things for their reasons, not our reasons. Yes. Very and true. so, you know, it, it's just understanding human nature that great leaders, great influencers constantly ask themselves questions such as, you know, is, is what I'm asking this person to do? How does what I'm asking this person to do align with their goals, their wants, their needs, their desires? How does what I'm asking this person to do align with their values? This is why when I, when I speak at a a sales conference, uh, one of the first things I do is define selling because most people think of selling as something you do to someone where in actuality selling is something you do for someone. But the the definition most people I think subconsciously have about selling is that it's it's trying to convince someone to do something they don't, you know, that to try to convince somebody to buy something they don't they don't want or need. And of course that's not selling at all. That's that's being a con artist. But the, the, the way I define selling is simply discovering what the other person wants, needs, desires, and helping them to get it. That's it. And when, yeah, Absolutely. when we look at it that way, now not only are we really uh, helping this other person, but we feel great about what we're doing. Yeah, that is great advice right there. Uh, too many people in sales, you see it all the time. Uh, try to fit the round peg into the square hole mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. instead of seeking first to find out what it is that they want, that they need. And the truth is when we say selling, every single one of us is in sales and we sell every day, sure. whether it's to a spouse, Absolutely. a neighbor, a friend, a customer. Uh, so finding out what people want and then helping them get it. Love it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank you. You know, there's a couple other things, Bob, do you mind if I just share a thought? Oh, please do. On that. Uh, you mentioned, and it, Really, it's this focus on servicing others and providing value to them. There's an interesting statistic uh, that we read about two years ago. Use it in the seminars. It's the companies who prioritize, the keyword being prioritize, the companies that prioritize the customer experience will realize 60% higher profits than their competitors. Mm -hmm. And you think about, well, what is the customer experience? And we have a lot of people listening to this podcast who are running a business or running a team. So when we say customer... I'm going to ask our listeners a couple of questions. If your customer were your employees or the people around you, what type of experience are they having on your team? And what are the leaders listening to this podcast doing for their team to create a customer experience for their own employees and coworkers? Uh, Second, right along the lines of the go-giver is, what type of experience are our listeners providing for their customers, their external customers? Uh, What are you physically doing that sets you apart from everyone else to really provide value for them? And what does that look like? A transactional leader will not think about that kind of stuff. This is the area and realm of transformational leaders is thinking about how to create that value and how to create that experience. And it's one of the many reasons I love the go-givers because that's where the thought focus changed in the gentleman you used and depicted in your story. True? Thank you. Yes, absolutely. So as we already wind down, these podcasts always just seem to fly by. (laughs) (laughs) If you could say... 
you know, here's one writer downer of all these things, just one writer downer, something that someone could put on a grease board or write down on a piece of paper and stick it in front of their eyes or computer and keep it there for the day or the week. What would that be? Well, can I share, can I share a story with you about that? Great. Yes. And, and first of all, I would say if there was one, if there was one, you know, quote to write down, I'd say, keep in mind in the business sense that money is simply an echo of value which means the the value comes first and the money you receive is simply a very natural and direct result of the value you've provided. But the focus must be on the value. And it reminds me of a, a lesson I learned probably close to 35 years ago. It was, it was soon after I got into sales. I was just starting to be successful, but I wasn't quite, quite there. And one of the, um, the, uh, higher ups of the company where I was working, I think he sort of noticed in me potential, but, but someone who needed a, an adjustment of their attitude. I think he probably saw me like Joe, like as though I was Joe in the uh, story. And I remember I, I came back from a sale, uh, a selling appointment, I should say. It was not a sale. It was a selling appointment, but I was very uh, frustrated that the, the prospect did not get, you know, well, he did not get it. He did not get why the product would have been so good for him. And, and, uh, he, you know, he said, Berg, can I share something with you? And I said, sure, of course. And he said, first, he said, when the shooter misses the target, it ain't the target's fault. And, and what he was saying to me was it wasn't the prospect's job to get why it would, would be good for him to do. It was my job to communicate it effectively. And of course, you communicate it not by talking about your product or service, but by asking questions and listening and learning. But the big thing was this. He said, you know, Berg, if you want to make a lot of money in business, actually said, if you want to make a lot of money in sales, he said, don't have making money as your target. Your target is serving others. Now, when you hit the target, he continued, you'll get a reward. That reward will come in the form of money. And you can do with that money whatever you want. But never forget, the money is only the, the reward for hitting the target. It's not the target itself. Your target is serving others. And that caused in me a shift in focus, which I believe I, I hopefully carried with me to this day. Oh, that's a fabulous story. <laughs> I love that, Bob. Well... Time just flew by on this podcast, and I'm very confident that there was some good value, speaking of value, uh, that our listeners got from that. You know, as you reflect, now talking to our listeners, as you reflect on your life right now, whether you're in a professional capacity or personal capacity, ask what you can do to provide more value to others. And maybe it's a little less focus on ourselves individually and really consciously thinking about how can you and I serve the people around us. And it could be as simple as a smile. It could be something much more complex than a smile. Uh, things that no one else would ever think about or do because they would take too much time. Uh, but this has been a great foundational discussion to get people thinking about what can we do to give to others. And ultimately, I'm extremely confident that comes back. And I love in your story, Bob, that you just shared there, how not focusing on the numbers as much as focusing on, on the service of others. And then the numbers will show up. And it's not just helping them get it. It's our job to help them get or accomplish whatever it is they want exactly. rather than what we think they want. So, hey, fabulous, Bob. I encourage everyone to go get his book, The Go-Giver, and then read his other books as well. 
uh, that's a great starting point. Uh, so that our listeners can find out more about you, Bob, what's the best way they could either one, get the book or two, uh, learn more about what you're offering there or any of your tools? Well, the best way is to uh, visit The Go-Giver without the hyphen, thegogiver.com. And while they're there, they can uh, check out the uh, podcast if they'd like. They can get a, uh, a chapter of, uh, of the book, The Go-Giver and The Go-Giver Leader and my other books while they're there and connect with me online and, uh, and so forth. So it has really just been a, a pleasure being with you. I love the work that you and your dad are doing, and I, I just wish you both the, the best of continued success. Well, thank you so much, Bob, for your time. You've been wonderful, great insights, great advice, and thanks to all our BYB listeners. If you're out there, whether it's in the U.S., outside the U.S., wherever you are in the world, share this with your friends. That's part of providing value is it's a free service, so send it via email or post it on social media, but share this with your friends, and you never know who you may touch by doing that. It's just been amazing to hear some of the feedback from different listeners around the world. So thank you to all our BYB listeners. Thank you, Bob, and let's all go out and have a great week. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Becoming Your Best podcast. We want to know what your big takeaways were, so head on over to becomingyourbest.com and you can find all the information about the podcast right there as well as the show notes page where we'd love to hear what you thought about each and every single episode. Also, if you haven't done so yet, please go subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and leave a rating and review. A rating interview is by far the best way for you to show your appreciation for the show because it helps other people find out about the show and decide if this is the podcast for them. So now it's all in your hands. It's time for you to go out there to take action and truly start becoming your best.